Hey, everybody. Really great show today. Uh, we talked about one of my favorite subjects, rare Pepe's, for the beginning of the show. There's been a bit of a resurgence, uh, so it's been interesting for me to observe after a very long, quiet period. There's more interest in uh, rare Pepe's, so I give my takes on that. The uh, other speakers give their takes. Then we start talking about fine art in the NFT space, things like CryptoPunks, uh, 10KTF's announcement of a token coming out, uh, and Kathy Wood, uh, her takes on the stock market and the stock market in general. It's definitely uh, a strong show, a lot of market discussion, a lot of art discussion today. Really good one, in my opinion, for sure. I hope you enjoy it. As usual, all our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFT Morning Show. It's Thursday, we're going to get right into it. This show focuses on the NFT market, what projects are winning, what projects are spinning, and all the stories of the NFT space. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, every damn week. Shout out to our sponsor, FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. They just rolled out stock trading. They just bought 8% of Robinhood, or at least SBF did. You know some good shit is going on with FTX. We got a lot of stuff to cover today really excited to dive into it nifty nick how are you hi there peel oh, wait i don't know what that voice was <laughs> let's try that again it was thursday and all across the land people were happy joy everywhere because the market was booming because, of course, you know, earnings are looking pretty good despite inflation. People are happy, but uh, my Bitcoin prediction was wrong, but people are still happy. Feeling very good. And uh, yeah, that's the general attitude. How are you doing, Pio? Well, I'm, I'm doing okay. I've, yeah, like it's, I feel like you're taking me to a, a mystical world. <laughs> We're flying over it. Look down below. That's your future. <laughs> what There's do you your see family in my right there. That's your family. <laughs> oh my gosh! And over there is where tragedy happens. I have no idea. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what do you see in my future? You see tragedy? Well, you know, life is filled with ups and downs, and uh, you know, there's both happy times and sad times, and all of that exists down below. You can see it right there. <laughs> right over there? Right over there. What's that over to the left? That's a polluted river. <laughs> it's quite a situation. We're trying to have them uh, fix up that area of the land. <laughs> it's quite dirty at the moment. They were building factories. It turned out that was quite devastating for the world. But fortunately, the government spent a lot of money on an environmental package that they pushed through <laughs> and it solved many many things uh, supposedly that's what they're saying so we're hoping we're, we're hoping for the best uh but this land is one of joy <laughs> so there you go there well uh, that was incredible i feel like i was just on a magic carpet ride or some sort of uh you know riding on a broomstick over uh, the the mystical land, that a was broom so cool. a broomstick would be I feel like a witch or something like that. 
as an easy uh, has incorrectly called uh, Marin because she's not a witch. She just tracks the moons. Um, I was fading her. Not the right way to go. Remember yesterday when I said we'd go up a thousand? What I really meant was uh, we'll go down five hundred. <laughs> so, so that that's what that's what I was predicting. So let's rewrite history there. Yeah, that's a that's a funny little swing. That swing can cost you a couple of bucks. Uh, I'm not ladies, trading. I'm done you, with that. You're done trading. I'm I'm done with that. What, what are you doing now? Are you accumulating? No, I'm just uh, I'm doing nothing. I'm waiting for um, the right opportunity. Node was discussing the other day how every few months, especially in the NFT market, something pops off. You got to make your trades when when the opportunity strikes and trying to trade in between is something I'm not very good at. Um, and there's there's plenty of opportunities that will arise. Um, but uh, there's just not one for me right now. Fair enough. Uh, well, we're kicking things off, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as you can tell, my co-host Nick was taking me to uh, a mystical land that was very cool. Shout out to our other co-hosts, Signal Kicks and Easy, and some of our badass speakers, Spencer and Node. If you want to discuss the NFT market, if you want to discuss what's going on with uh, you know different projects, what's going on to the broader market, definitely request and come on stage. It is a no-shill, no-self-promotion zone. But if you want to contribute to the conversation uh, and try to make the best points that you can about the NFT market, absolutely do so. Uh, before we go any further, Signal, how are you feeling about that moonbird? I mean, that is one of the coolest moonbirds that I've seen. You're about one week into it. Uh, is the test drive going well? Test drive's going well, but the price isn't. But you know, hey, it's all part of it. It's all it's all part of the holding pattern. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the NFT I space. Know, I know. Just, just just part of my overall strategy, where, uh, where <laughs> you, you can't perfectly time the bottom. Is I know, say. but the thing is, when things are going well, moonbirds they fly up to the skies and they hit almost a thirty east floor. And when things are not going well, then they flutter down to you know this seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty range. So, um, and this is this. I mean, I have I have an exit. You know, in I like I say before I go into my trades, I have my entry, I have my exit, uh, both both going up and going down. So if this moonbird disappears overnight for whatever reason is because that's my exit. Um, but um, yeah, when you go into these trades and, you know, especially when there's like, well, the way I think about it, when there's like a lot of money on the table, first of all, you have to just like be comfortable stomach, like stomach the volatility. If you can enjoy it when it goes up, you have to be able to do the other side. And all of the leaders right now are in the same pattern. Everyone is trending slightly down, except for punks. So um, the overall market isn't doing, you know, great. But if it was only Moonbirds, I'd be very worried. When it's the entire market, I'm like, this is part of a wider, of a sort of a, a, a wider pattern. So I've got my eye on it, but I'm happy for now. So I did the exact same thing when I bought my Moonbird. I bought it at. 21 ETH, or at that time ETH, that was like 35,000. It dropped and I was down like immediately down like $10,000. And I was just saying to myself, what the hell are you doing? Like that was the dumbest, that was the dumbest thing ever. You're an idiot. Then it ran up and it went to, um, it had another pump and I sold it at 28. So I, I like your, um, 
uh, style. I think it's, uh, I've experienced the exact same thing. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. But yeah, I mean, the only exposure that you have with, with buying these things, which is why I was even uncomfortable and now comfortable with the, the punk purchase was because like, well, what if ETH drops again? Are we going to experience the same thing? Um, and there's a possibility of that. But uh, for now, you know, it's not, um, it, it, it's not the riskiest of investments if you're buying um, the top assets in the NFT space. Those are the ones that seem to be uh, working anywhere near decently. Depeche knows theory, you know, value accrues to the top. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I always say, like I like you know, I always say like if like if you want these assets at like a price which is attractive to you, then you always have to think what is happening in the broader market for those prices to have come down, and what is the emotional reaction that you're going to see on socials uh, when you're speaking with friends. Normally, it's like, oh my god, is the world over? This is it. Take your money. Like, there's normally like uh, a hint of panic or you know, very very strong panic. And, you know, that's when you have to have the guts and the capital to make those, you know, th those types of purchases. So you always have to think about the emotional environment when you want these low discounted prices, because that will play into how you buy and how you sell. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's what I'm talking about, Signal. Why don't we throw... Uh oh, Nick raises his hand. Nick? No, it's for, it's for later. We can do the weather report. I got something later. Okay, I can't wait to hear what you got. Anytime, I mean, it's Nick not nothing, nothing huge, but uh, just stick around because it's <laughs> going to get crazy. <laughs> Anytime Nick has something, I'm like a, a fiend, you know, going to his drug dealer. I'm like, yo, I got to hear what Nick has. What, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, but we got King Kicks, another Moonbird, another person that's realistically underwater on their Moonbird purchase. Uh, King Kicks, please take it away. Let us know what the weather is, Your Majesty. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I shall tell you what the weather is looking like today. I'm down $2,000 <laughs> at least. That's if crowns are really worth that much. I'm sick of it as a, as a dog. I think there is a flu or a cold spreading through our lands. It has gotten me and has gotten my family, but I will not let it keep me down. I will not let it mess up this magical weather report for Thursday, the fourth of August. <laughs> you sound rough, man. I will. I will. I will not let it mess me up. There's I will no not way. let this kill me. <laughs> I will fight back with everything I have, brethren. Open sea volume, just shy fifteen million dollars, sitting in that range. Apes at eighty-two, dropping a little bit. Punks at sixteen. Or sorry, mutants at 16, dropping a little bit. Punks at 76, still doing phenomenal. If you bought the punks in June, you still feel like a very smart person. The punks are still holding well. Post-Tiffany news, number one on OpenSea volume today. And keep they just keep creeping along. They just keep getting sales. That floor is holding strong. NFT Nick feels good. Moonbirds are at 18. Doodles at 10. Clonex at 8.3. Clonex getting close to that 80 floor. I bought one at 11. Also not feeling too good about that purchase right now. Overnight, OpenSea, of course, as I said, led the open, or punks led the OpenSea ranks. 
They continue to close the gap on the eighth floor. It's only six ETH apart. When is the last time punks flipped apes? How long ago was that? What kind of emotions will that rise to the surface? Now they're cousins, so maybe the drama won't be so bad. Over in the double derivative area, one of my favorite sectors of NFTs, for those that don't know, a double derivative is where you take, it's a derivative from two different products, and then you kind of merge them together like you're a crazy scientist. The one I'm talking about today is Rare Pepe. It's a bloodline mix of the apes and the Rare Pepes. It's number two in the OpenSea ranks. It was a free mint, and it's been climbing the ranks, surging with volume, and that floor is sitting at about 0.25. Great free to mint win. The art itself is scary to look at, but that doesn't matter. Price go up. Over in the AI generative art section, Mirage Gallery Curated has had their drop. The collection is up at number three due to yesterday's mint from artist Claire Silver. I sat next to her, and so did NFT Nick. NFT Nick talked to her more than I did, and they had great conversations that I listened into as I smiled and nodded at other people trying to make sure I wasn't seen. As a loser, that mint was at 0.15 ETH, and several of her works have traded over one ETH. Big old gang, and a rare ETH. actually sold for 33. Thank you, Nick. If you just hold that ADD for a half a second more, <laughs> you would have heard that part. Finally, the Tiffany's mint presale has opened. Early access for the 30 ETH mint went to a number of selected. Elites, including G-Money and MoonPay. The collection on OpenSea shows 100 items with 76 owners in one recent sale of 55 ETH. So I think that person made 25 ETH, if my math is correct. We also have one of our close compadres, K-Dean, sent us over a Dune Analytics. We will share that later, but there's some interesting details and actually, the most interesting thing to me is that multiple, multiple people bought two of these. Usually a bullish sign when you buy more than one of something that's 30 ETH. So very excited to see what everybody talks about that coming in. It's looking good. People are buying. Uh, only other interesting things happening in the market. Potatoes sitting at 1.4. Big win. People got to be happy about that. Rakudos, the biggest drop over in Solana this week, sitting at a 7.7 Solana floor. And that is it for your weather report. Back to you in the studio. Fascinating weather report today, Kicks. Very unorthodox. Clearly, uh, you know, your your sickness is is getting to you. No, I'm just kidding. It was a great weather report. Um, but just to add a couple of things from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the newsletter that Signal writes every day. And if you go to the nifty.com, you can subscribe to it. It is five days a week. Uh, an NFT market update with Sign up. analytics. Sign up. Make the sure nifty.com. 
sign up. Anyway, a uh, couple of updates is that six months after the Yuga Labs founders, those are the founders of Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, had their identities revealed, uh, I believe it was by BuzzFeed at the time, there is, I believe, the first video footage of them just kind of hanging out and chatting. Uh, and this was in an effort to open up and address the quote-unquote fucking evil campaign against them in an interview with Input Mag. So I definitely recommend checking that out. It's interesting. I did not watch the whole thing, but what I saw was was a def, was, de, uh, was definitely an interesting thing. And then, uh, you know, Web2 brand, if you want to call it that, really like Web0 brand, uh, Starbucks is going to unveil its Web3 initiative, which is going to include coffee-themed NFTs next month. So you're seeing, uh, you know, continued uh, entry and adoption by big corporations into the NFT slash Web3 space, even during this bear market. So definitely uh, cool to see more companies getting in. Moving on to the market, moving on to the show. When I look at the top 10 on OpenSea, uh, it's actually not looking too bad in terms of what's in here. This rare Ape Pepe or whatever you want to call it. So for people that don't know, I mentioned this on the a show. Pepe. A, a Pepe. I mentioned it on the show yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. If it wasn't yesterday, it was the day before. It was because it was at 0.14 floor. The day before that, it was the free mint day. It was available for 0.02. A lot of people in our Discord participated and got into it. What I didn't realize, you know, I just kind of wrote it off right off the bat, um, you know, as like a degen mint. What I didn't realize is that one of the artists from the original rare Pepe collection, specifically um, Pepe Lisa, which is one of the most notable rare Pepe's, uh, is the artist behind this project. And, um, you know, there's some other notable people in there. So that was interesting for me to see that, you know, 0.02 to a quarter ETH and above run is very, very impressive for the project. And it'll be interesting to see if this ends up being a long-term winner in the NFT space. It's the number two overall project right now in terms of 24-hour volume. And I don't know if you want to credit this project or this general like kind of you know, market trend, but more people are asking me about rare Pepe's than uh, have asked me about them in literally like eight months or something like that. So I guess that's just the way things go. All of a sudden, the market kind of rotates back to, uh, you know, a previous location of interest. But it is definitely interesting to, to see what is going on there. Spencer has his hand raised. And then I know Nick has something he wants to share. So why don't we start with Spencer? What's going on? Yo, I just got slighted. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Spencer. No, no, Nick, you yeah. go first. No, no, no. You go ahead, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I was just going to, with the rare Pepe's, I think it's interesting, P.O., because um, there's been some recent drops from some some artists. Like, I know Zade was an artist that I had, um, like, really just wanted to collect a piece from. And he made be, his drop being a rare Pepe, like Zade's Pepe, made me want to go fake like, rares. Take a Right, the fake rare, rare, rare drop, right, with VVD? Right, right. And so that made me go re-examine that whole ecosystem of, like, um, things on on Bitcoin. And so I think there's been a renaissance of a couple of artists that are like Zaid. Um, shout out to Zaid. But uh, who have sort of drawn attention back was what I was feeling recently. Yeah, I think, well, Spencer, 
like brings up exactly what should be brought up. So just to give people context, it's not going to be a, a, like a rare Pepe show here, but since this is a current market trend and it's worth discussing, um, you know, rare Pepes are on Bitcoin, specifically counterparties. So they're some of the oldest NFTs uh, out there. They were all made between 2016 and 2018. There's also a collection called Fake Rares that came afterwards. Uh, the, the NFT historians can correct me on this and maybe there's some sort of overlap like Fake Rares started in 2017 or something like that. Fake rares are also incredibly dope. And all of these NFTs are Pepe-themed NFTs by notable dope artists. And, and the work, in my opinion, is really good if you like, like, you know, artwork that has, you know, rare pe like Pepe in it in a funny way. Like one of the most notable ones is John Pepe Basquiat, where it's like a Basquiat painting, but Pepefied. It's just hilarious. And so, like, you know, from Spencer's perspective right there, to have an opportunity to collect a piece by an artist that he likes, um, you know, that's a, a, a Pepe, a fake rare. That's so cool. Um, and Vince Van Doe. So the uh, founder of Starry Night Capital is probably the most well-known and the biggest rare Pepe bull where he, the guy was just always buying. I had a question, like my question mark towards VVD, Vince Van Doe, is because Three Arrows Capital got blown up, does that impact his fund, the you know Starry Night Capital, um, and specifically his massive, colossal iconic rare Pepe collection, but him doing this, this fake rares drop has definitely, um, recycled interest into rare Pepe's. What I would say is that there's a crazy learning curve with these things. It's, it's how I got my PFP was my interest in them and my purchases of them last fall. But I do want to warn everybody. I'd be remiss to not warn everybody. Uh, these things go liquid when the attention is not on them. So I would say buy them if you like them, but don't expect this to be, uh, you know, the mortgage uh, for your house or something. It's, yeah. it, it's not just uh, illiquid. It's art in a wildly high supply area where you have to go digging through. It's like going to a record store, a, an old record store or something, and there's like five records in there that are worth something, but you're digging through a bunch of them and there's just a ton of other ones. And they, all of the others look cool, but they're worthless. So I, I don't know. It's it, it's it it's uh you're it's a, di you're digging around. It's a great comparison that Nick just made. I want, and I know Spencer unmuted, so I want to hear from him. But that that's a great uh, analogy that Nick just made, and it's because there are floor Pepe's that have supply of literally. This is not an exaggeration. One billion. Like there's at least one Pepe card where the supply is one billion, and so you don't want to buy that one. Right. That's not one. That yeah, you ex buy. especially since like we may have population collapse in like 30 years. There's there's not going to be as many people that would, you know, because you could, you, you know, a billion There's six billion people. If it goes down to four, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, you know, I just left Farouk on stage and, and we, we, we yeah, I know what the fuck the kicks just say. Um, I, we interviewed Farouk on YouTube the other day and I was like shocked to see Pepe Lisa in his wallet. Um, so there definitely is, you know, a movement. Pepe Lisa, for example, is one of the iconic rare Pepe's that does not have a supply of a billion. I think the supply is so, like 100 or 200. Go ahead, Nick. Well, I'm just the, the, the biggest thing is uh, the, these are introducing new, new, more supply. So for me, that's way less interesting than something. Well, those uh, are fake what, rares. That's a it's a different thing. It's a no, different I'm collection. talking about rare Pepe is, is oh. but like, yeah, but that's, that's also one that's, a different thing. 
Yeah, but it's all like all these things are derivatives of um, Pepe's and the whole argument that, that, as you were just saying, was that this person had previously created that. Um, but it's still, it's like a any double derivative. I don't know if that's ever uh, uh, worked before. What was the one before Wicked Ape Yacht Club or something like that? that Wicked uh, Ape Bone Club. But, you bone know, Club. Th those things end up being rugs. I think that there's a case to be made, you know, that this collection, this rare A Pepe Yacht Club, is actually something that's that people are looking to build. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's uh, the possibility. It's hard to do that off of derivatives, uh, is my personal opinion on it. Um, but you never know. And I mean, uh, Pepe's themselves are essentially derivatives of the, of the source. Um, so I guess it has that going for it. Uh, it's interesting because I guess like we, you don't see as much like new development of Pepe's going like becoming a thing versus uh, old, like everyone searching for the old like limited supply ones. And the thing that you said about VVD as well, I'm sort of curious about his overall portfolio because he was pumping a lot of art blocks that are currently not at the price that they were at last year. And I don't know if he sold out of those. But some of those art blocks during art block season in August of last year and um, and just uh, the summer as a whole when all the NFTs were pumping um, were, were like sort of insane uh, or insanely priced. And uh, I think there were a lot of people that sort of followed in uh, VVD on some of those trades and just got absolutely wrecked um, be because uh, the demand was no longer there. And it's hard to keep... Um, essentially the meme going around those, those things when essentially everyone's just looking towards the leader who's saying, yeah, this is the main thing. I forget his, uh, what was it? His C hams. Yeah. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of that collection, but there were a lot of people that got, um, wrecked on that and a couple of other items. So it's hard to like chase people into, um, into these things. The only area, which was what I, I was, um, originally raising my hand about was that like, I do think art as a whole is an interesting area to operate and there may be we could see by and large a, lo a lot of the collectible stuff move in the direct like the, the action on much of it outside of the the high end level of it and the the few that end up launching and get temporary hype um i think we could see a lot of that action move toward art as the volume gets slower on the collectibles basically um no no it, one cares about that we're gonna we're gonna go back to trading stocks dude just four letter tickers baby. got it okay <laughs> well well fair enough yeah i mean that's probably you're you may be right as well yeah I, we should I, just give up on the whole art thing yeah me, me and nick you know i feel like we've been becoming more and more long-term bullish on art and more interested in the art side it's like a cycle back to it and it just starts to make more sense because if you want we've been talking about this on the show a lot so i don't want to beat a dead horse but it's like if you want those insanely inflated valuations then you want like you know things that billionaires just need in their collection because they're priceless that the tiffany uh punk piece might long term end up being that one note since you brought up vince van doe getting wrecked um, you know, during the peak uh, of the last rare Pepe cycle, which was last fall, it was during the whole NFT cycle when 
you know, Bored Apes were going nuts, but it was right when uh, Matt Fury, the artist behind Pepe, the original artist, ended up making the final rare Pepe. They left one slot open for him to uh, eventually make the final one, and he did, and that was like the big crowning moment of rare Pepes. It was like amazing. Vince Van Doe bought a, a rare Pepe off of someone that I, I know from the rare Pepe community, this, this good guy named uh, Dark Fluffy Rabbit, who who's actually uh, you know, spoken on this show before. And he had been holding his Rare Pepes since like 2017, I think. He hadn't really sold anything. And Vince Van Doe ended up making him an offer of $105,000 for a single card. And he ended up accepting it. So boom, right? But it's like, dude, VVD, like you, he has to be underwater on that. On 105000 for a yeah. single card. A lot of things with VVD, what's kind of sad is that if you guys remember, once he came in, he crushed it. But after this, he did a Starry Night cap with 3AC. Yeah. And and he got burnt on that, right? Because um, because 3AC obviously went under, as you all know. And there's this incredible collection of exquisite NFTs, which you see is in that wallet, like the most insane one of ones. And also crazy. Uh, ring like all those ringers are blocks that you guys are talking about. They were mostly bought by that wallet, so I'm assuming they're probably gonna get liquidated, and a lot of people are eyeing them. But VVD was also like the thing is he came a little before that, like after that they did start a night. So I think he's more than fine uh, because he. Uh, I've been chatting with him a lot. Red Pepe is like he's just hanging on Telegram, and honestly, he's fucking. He's a chat. He's awesome. He's like the nicest guy ever. Uh, but it's. Uh, it's uh he he if you look at his wall like when you see Grant Yon get like hundred thirty five each sale like go look at how many Grant Yons he has go look at like his like one of one collection is like probably one of the most ridiculous ones I've ever seen and how many board Pepe apes does he own for Rook do you know I don't think he owns a single board ape not oh, interested not, not interested no <laughs> but like, his wall is lit you could probably find super rare but yeah I heard you guys talk about Pepe's and got me excited this morning. The um the thing I was gonna say in addition to all this is that like in terms of the transition to art I'm personally not a uh, uh, rare Pepe bull myself but I understand the rare ones being interesting I just can't operate on that end of the market the thing and we discussed like a lot of the like apes punks moonbirds obviously the high end of the market. But I've been thinking more recently, at, at like, where is the true opportunity on the low end? And there's two sides that you can go. One is you go towards the collectibles, which is saying, um, hey, these are high potential uh, teams. The other is, w w of which there's far and few between, the other is looking at high potential artists. And that's something where it's like, if you're really looking for that sort of multiplier, I think there is a major opportunity there. It's just not as volatile in the sense that, well, it is volatile at the beginning. But like, if you look at, uh, for example, the art block that dropped the other day and the floor was like three ETH all of a sudden, and now it's down sub one ETH, um, the one that I was like, wow, that one looks really cool. I also think of the clear silver one that just dropped. Um, I've been trying to get a piece of hers for, for the long time longest time that Dang. I have, uh, but, and then it immediately, and then I, I just miss whatever the drop is. And then I'm like, okay, well now this is pumping. So I'm watching it again. Um, this time with the one that's uh, trending the Mirage gallery one. And 
I'm seeing some of the prices drop down as like people raced in yesterday. And I think you typically see a lot of those initial pumps and art has just like a longer time horizon where you can collect it, you can add it. And then you just have this piece and you're like, that's dope. I'll just hold on to it. I'll check back in in a couple of years. Um, for, for those that are looking to make fast cash, uh, which is what we definitely enjoy doing. It, it's a harder area of the market to operate because the, the liquidity is just historically so low. And so there's a lot of people um, that jump in trying to buy. The beauty of all this, though, is that it's transparent, which I just think actually increases if you took like a painting on your wall and you go to Artsy, for example, there will be pieces that sit there for months and there's just no action on it. The same thing happens on OpenSea, but you actually have visibility to all of the activity that's taking place, which I think just naturally increases the level of activity as a whole. So if you really wanted to dump a Fidenza right now, subfloor, you could just liquidate it immediately and people would jump in. Um, and it would happen within minutes, probably, if, if you were um, listing it low enough. So I think that that's something, and you also have a floor of offers, so you can actually just click a button and accept. That's something that doesn't exist in the traditional art market, which just makes me think, man, there's a lot of opportunity to buy some really talented artists' um, work and just invest in them at a price that's not incredibly expensive. Um, and and I, I just think of Claire Silvers as an example, which is just happens to be the time of her, uh, of her just having launched this. But I, I just look at those and say, well, what if she's the one, like one of the ones that, because um, it's kind of hard to view like the AI art space, for example, as being like, it's going to create an infinite supply of, of stuff. So w which AI art piece are you actually going to buy? And to me, it's someone who's like innovating early on before it was, you know, really um, accepted. And then it becomes accepted. And those early pieces end up being worth something. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. And in particular with uh, Claire. Nick, can you hit breaking news for me? Oh, that, uh, what the hell? Okay, hold on. No, uh, yes. This got messed up. I don't know where the... Uh... Where's the breaking news? What the hell? What the I hell? can't keep it in my pants. Hurry up. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, my apologies. Wow. Uh, we're slipping over here at the studio. Breaking news. Over to the king himself. The sick king. I Hey, how you doing? I'm down here on, uh, on the NASDAQ floor. Crazy action right now around Coinbase Global up 31% today, up 76% over five days. Just breaking to the upside on news that they're partnering with BlackRock to give uh, their big daddy customers access to crypto. Back to you in the studio. Oh, wow. So we got the we got the squawk box live from the trading floor there, King Kick. So it sounds like uh, coin, specifically Coinbase stock, is going up. We'll talk about that later in the show. I want to wrap the conversation uh, on where we're at with fine art, rare pepes, and everything 26 in between. 26% up, though. It's hard to ignore that. You it, know? Well, we're not going to ignore it. We're going to totally talk about it. Uh, I feel but like we're ignoring it. <laughs> <laughs> Node, um, you have your hand raised. Uh, I want to hear what you are thinking, but I also want to get any comment because you and me went through the entire Three Arrows Capital NFT collection. I know Farouk was referencing it, and there's some real fucking gems in there. So I, I don't know if you've reflected on that anymore, but Depeche Node, take it away. Yeah, just, uh, I, you know, I'm still, I'm still just uh, riding on that magic carpet, that high from... Uh, uh, Tuesday with DC guys. I'm, I'm still, I'm just still, 
you know, just floating in those clouds. It was an amazing. Have you been like sleeping over at his house? What's going on <laughs> yeah. over there? Like, I've just been replaying, just replaying the Twitter space. You know, like uh, just just listening to that wisdom being just poured no. all over us. You sound like someone that saw their first sunrise at Coachella. That's right. <laughs> That's the next exactly day. it. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, but okay, all all, all DC, you know, uh, fanboying aside, the 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 one thing I wanted to mention on 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 what we we're talking about was just derivatives in general. I mean, I think you just got to be so careful. Like, I think a very safe rule is just to avoid every single derivative, and and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time you'll be you'll be better off for it. I can't think of a single derivative that's that's done super well and has stayed there. Right. So, you know, if you're if you're like the short term, uh, you know, trading hourly like like our guy easy, then uh, that's a great place to play. Um, it very lot, lots of fun there. But if not, I would avoid it altogether. And then talking to talking about the artists themselves, I think, you know, Farouk mentioned Grant Yun, which is really interesting because I you know, I've been seeing his work kind of pop up on my Twitter feed for the last six plus months. Right. And I'd never paid attention. I just thought, hmm, that looks different, you know. And I, I but I, but I, I didn't give it the, the light of day. And I think that's a, that's a, that's kind of probably a good way to look at at emerging artists. If something looks very, very unique, like it has very much its own style. Um, and and Grant Yun absolutely has that, whether you like it or not. It, it, it to me, it looks just so sterile, you know. Um, and and very, very, very different. But every time I see a piece, I know exactly who it is. So I think that's an, a, a, maybe a good way just for, for trying to identify some interesting, unique talent that, you know, the work is very, very recognizable. You, you think of X-Copy, he's a, the perfect example on that. So um, and, and then, you know, any follow up thoughts in terms of uh, the uh, VVD uh, Starry Night, you know, 3AC collection? I, I, I think we've got plenty of time, honestly. I think it's going to someone I was chatting with somebody and they're like, dude, these things take forever. Right. So. Uh, I don't know when that's all going to be liquidated, but I don't, I don't know that it's such a small portion of everything that they owe people, uh, that that may take, you know, year plus to, to unwind. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that's going to come of that in anytime soon, but I'm sure I completely agree. No, personal. I'll go ahead. Kicks. I, I was just saying, I completely agree with you because I feel like art would be the most complicated thing to liquidate and they'd probably do it dead last. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. We'll have to see. I mean, real quick on what Node said, I, I, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. But when you bring up XCopy, I view XCopy as like one of the quintessential like original crypto artists in the sense that the style is purely original. Like you're not seeing uh, influence the way that you see it from another, uh, you know, a lot of other artists, you know, in in the traditional art world and in the in the space right now. And real quick, I just want to shout out incredibly talented and original artist Dot Pigeon is in the crowd. Shout out to Dot Pigeon, uh, one of the uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the most original uh, artists that I've seen in the space. Spencer, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah, so maybe not to, to hard segue too, too hard, but there's something else that's exciting. Speaking of derivatives this week, um, I think that what we've seen from 10KTF is probably the top derivative or, or like related project um, has been really interesting. And they put out a tweet last week, which I think signals a lot towards maybe today since they usually make releases on Thursdays or sometime over the next couple of days. Um, they've been hinting really strongly at the release of their token, which is the um, which I think is particularly interesting because if you look at who Wenyu Labs, which is the parent company of 10KTF, who their investors are, 
that includes uh, Coinbase Ventures and Alameda Research, which is FTX. So two of the largest exchanges, um, and if they're releasing their token today, I'm going to believe that that token is going to be exchange listed. I'm also curious to see, because a lot of times when we've seen with these big token releases from the companies, that they um, have some sort of additional utility for that token on the day of launch. I expect that today is a day where I'm going to be very much focused on looking at what 10KTF um, updates are. And I'm pretty bullish on what's going to happen today and over the next couple of days with them because I know they've been building towards a lot of sort of bigger things. But I think that we are going to today start seeing those come to fruition. So this is maybe some, I don't know, we'll see. But I'm pretty, pretty excited about what's going on in that ecosystem as maybe the one exception where I'm actually excited about a derivatives project. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw 10KTF Gucci collection have a run. My assumption is that that's because of the Tiffany situation. It would make perfect sense if it was. Um, and everybody that sent their Gucci assets into battle, as as you do with 10KTF stuff, received that airdrop, which uh, proved to be valuable very, very quickly. Um, it actually was one of those examples where you should have claimed yours and then you should have bought them on the secondary market immediately because they ran. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, a token from 10KTF, I guess my question is, do we think that you buy that token as soon as it hits and it's going to have an initial, you know, a, a pump in the short term well, like we see a lot? What I'm curious to see about it is that right now on exchanges, the only NFT related token that's listed is ApeCoin. And ApeCoin is trading at a pretty high market cap right now relative to like the overall crypto market. And so, um, you know, I think people may look at this token if you get exposure to NFTs via, say, a, like an exchange like Coinbase's like token exchange where a lot of, for example, funds trade. Um, there's a potential that that would be their way to look to get exposure and exposure specifically also to people who, you know, and, and that sort of ecosystem. And so, I'm not sure what price action will look like on this token. I think it will be very interesting to see because, you know, we've looked a lot at the NFT market, but the NFT market and the coin market have a lot of overlap and there's a lot more liquidity in the coin market. And there always is than there is in the NFT space. Of course, that liquidity is down from the highs, but I'm just very curious to see um, how this will go. I'm curious also, that's for sure. Uh, I want to throw to Elijah the Elephant.eth, and that's an elephant emoji, uh, says that you are a dickle butt space host and that you're trying to spread positivity and knowledge while having fun in Web3. Well, that's a message that I can get behind. What's on your mind, Elijah? You, you have your hand raised. You're getting behind the dickle butts? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, yeah, you definitely should. But uh, GM to everybody, I just wanted to come up and talk about Hero Galaxy. Uh, they signed a uh, contract with AWS to bring like their services of onboarding uh, people like gamers into the community and making it uh, like projects can basically rent out their software and stuff that they develop uh, to use it. And if you just hold a Hero Galaxy, there'll be a discount that you uh, get to renting out the uh, software and stuff. So <clears throat> I just wanted to come up and put that on y'all's mind that uh, there's a company, I mean, there's a project out there that uh, is with AWS. Okay, so this is Hero Galaxy. If I type it in on OpenSea, it, the first uh, it's, actually, it's Hero Galaxy, but they changed their name to Hero Labs uh, because they're 
like uh, pivoting to the software company. But it okay. has been Hero Galaxy for a while. But the collection on OpenSea is Hero Galaxy Heroes? Yes, it's Little Cats. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this before. Uh, okay. I actually came up probably like five months ago and uh, talked about it. Uh, but yeah, that's probably where you remember it from. Okay. This is this is literally what, what we were discussing the other day. There's like multiple projects now that are in the hosting business that the uh, Easy Hit brought up. There was the Solana one, uh, and and I jokingly said, you know, step one of launching a hosting business is to uh, create a PFP project. <laughs> the Raccoon um, PFP project. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I like what I, I'm. I'm curious more about like there. A lot of people point. There was the other one. Uh, people talk about the nine gag one, um, which I, I actually think is pretty cool. And uh, it seems like the CEO is very active uh, in the NFT space. So um, this is not to be uh, bearish on the potatoes. I'm actually bullish on them as an organization. But a lot of people looked at it and said, wow, look at all the advisors. You got Kevin Rose and uh, all these other people. All those people were investors in nine gag when they did an investment round many years ago. And uh, and I and I feel so. I'm not saying that it's uh, a bad thing. It's just interesting. People like look at that, taking an instant glance. Like, what is the degree of that partnership, and how does that deliver value to like the NFT holders? Because that's the thing that is the missing gap for me on some of these. Is that like I'm gonna throw some logos on a website the same way that like we're, we're trading it like the same way that enterprise software companies put social proof on their website, where they just drop a bunch of logos. And say, here's the thing. So I'd be curious to hear more um, about what those partnerships look like. Because like the one that Easy mentioned yesterday, uh, they had the, the company behind uh, the raccoons were uh, had a partnership with NVIDIA. But what does that mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, <laughs> like, f fundamentally what that means and why that I give a shit about that. Because I can just go to AWS. Like, I don't, I, like, if I'm a developer, I can just, like, I don't have a hosting problem. Like it's not an, an issue that I'm struggling with at this moment. So that's what that's what I'm confused about with some of these. Well, I Nick, just, I think. Uh, sorry, Po. Uh, I, I think that the reason why they pivoted to that is because they were one of the Minecraft gaming companies out there. I, I will say, just, just not to interrupt, they were whenever they first launched just to have a game that was easy acceptable for the holders. But about three months ago, they launched a browser game where you use Matic to play and launch a rocket and try to find artifacts in space. So about three months ago, they had pivoted from in a NFT worlds to now the in browser game that was not associated with them. So, yeah, they, fr so they front run the, uh, the NFT worlds, Minecraft news signal. You have your hand raised. What's going on? Yeah. Something on the radar that um, came across my feed, uh, G money a couple of days ago tweeted that he's going to be hosting internet game season two. And I'm pretty sure Internet Games came on the show um, as a sponsor. I can't remember They're when. They're coming back on as a sponsor to discuss. Coming back, baby. Coming back, baby. They're coming back. And when I asked sort of people I know in different discords how was season one, people said that it was pretty good. I, I, I personally didn't play, but um, the prizes were really good last time. I remember when they were on the show, they, they, they were giving out the prizes, which were considered the blue chips at the time. And then um, G Money in his thread mentioned that they have gone on to act to, to raise capital. So they've raised $5 million. Um, they've got investors. They've hired a team of 10 people. And season two is starting in September. I'm, I'm and, you know, this is where I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure the season one tokens could probably have some value maybe for 
allow list coming up or, or, or something like that. And I saw them trading at 0.08. So it's something that I've got on my radar as a potential fun game for uh, September. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think I felt the same sentiment after the first season of Internet Game. I didn't participate myself, but I just remember people being like, hey, that was actually fun, you know? Um, okay, cool. Well, now we can move on. And, and since we ignored it before, I mean, we can talk about this rip from Coinbase. Nick, are you like you're the stock guy? You and Kicks are the stock guys on this show for sure. Uh, wh what do you make of that? Do you think that that's bullish for the crypto markets? Like, I'd love to to hear your perspective on it. I mean, Coinbase. Yeah, was Nick, like, uh, I'll uh, take this one because I. Uh, okay, no, it's cool. Like, I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> now, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so I pulled the bottom. Um, so I'm feeling oh, great. Oh my right god, now. I I bought more at the bottom. Um, I've been accumulating Coinbase. Uh, that was one that I think I doubled down on um, just because their price, they were, they were like almost trading it. I don't know if it was book value, but it was something absurd in terms of how low they were. Did you really sell the bottom? Yeah, could do because I I am I'm sponsored by FTX, Nick. Um, so yeah, I don't really support competitors <laughs> financially. Actually, yeah. So I shifted it over to some other growth tech stocks. So I'm doing just fine, thank you. A lot, a lot of organizations are focused on journalistic integrity. Um, so and, and uh, supporting sponsors um, for just for them paying them. I, I just say whatever's on my mind, um, despite whatever my market actions are. But I'm pretty transparent on it. Yet yeah, the uh, Coinbase one. I mean, honestly, there's a bunch of stocks that that's what we have this rally going on right now is, is that there were a lot of stocks that were just beaten down um, and the, the prices seemed uh, relatively low. Like Shopify, for example, just kept getting hammered. I don't feel like the business is just disappearing. And there's a lot of people that make jokes about it, but they're, they're basically the only competitor to Amazon in any significant way, as far as I'm concerned, um, at least on the e-commerce side. And so I think there's... Um, there's just a bunch of action in the market now. I haven't been trading the stock market. Uh, I, I, all my stocks, I just continue to buy and uh, accumulate. And then I also have like a, a 401k and a, a IRA, just a, an investment fund. So uh, I just, as, if, if I end up with cash that ends up in there, I just allocate it and uh, move on. Um, there was, during the uh, COVID bull market that happened, I did a lot more trading within those accounts. Um, but then NFTs happened and suddenly I could make 400% uh, within a couple of days and that was way more compelling for me. Um, the same thing goes with uh, some, of, some of the uh, coin trading where I see there uh, being a lot of opportunity as well. So I tend to put all my focus on that and then instead uh, move most of it to most of my retirement stuff to index. Coinbase is very interesting, though, and uh, the thing, the storyline that came out there, though, that a lot of people were making fun of was Kathy Wood in this case, and that their fund basically sold the bottom. Um, and so that that's the thing that's been interesting for me during the bear uh, bull market. She had a, a ton of great calls and uh, was kind of almost inflating a large portion of uh, the market because she'd hop in and a lot of people would say, wow, if Kathy Wood's buying at this price, then... I guess it'll keep going up and it did go up, but she didn't exit any of those positions. Um, she, she just was articulating the long-term bull case for like Tesla, for example. That's but, a big trade was the it, Tesla trade. But it seems so weird because when you make a hundred percent in a short period of time and it's tied to an ETF, which I believe uh, her fund is. Yep. 
it seems weird that you wouldn't like realize some of those gains because short term, 100% for anybody is is a serious win. And it seems almost irresponsible not to cash in uh, at some point. And she sort of continued, like her involvement in that kind of continued to fuel what was, as far as I'm concerned, a short-term bubble run with a lot of those things. And uh, uh, well, with everything basically, but she she was... She was a bull in a market which was just absolutely flying, um, which was a good place to be. But you got to exit at some point. And we've seen a lot of people getting wrecked now, including uh, the Wall Street Journal posted that their title of uh, Michael Saylor was that like he made a bet and he lost. Um, but he's basically saying, well, no, this has been this has been planned for a long time and we're still holding 100 percent of our Bitcoin. So that's not true. Um, but. That, that's kind of like the title that the market wants to go or that um, the media wants to go with. And I think, yeah, it's easy. All of those that went way up and got overinflated, I think there's a value in a lot of them. So that's my thought with Coinbase. And Coinbase is one that I just continue to hold uh, because I believe in crypto. Yeah. I mean, uh, we talked about Coinbase before. Jesse has commended Coinbase because, you know, it's like, yeah, I want a business where I make fees on every single transaction. That obviously makes sense. Armstrong also seems to be a pretty damn good CEO. On the Kathy Wood note, you know, she famously called Tesla stock when, uh, I believe at the time, it was years ago, it was before the 2020 bull run, it was when Elon was being investigated by the SEC, I believe over his tweets and saying that he was manipulating the market. So Tesla's stock was in the gutter and she said it was going to go to $3,000 and everybody on CNBC laughed at her. And it did. It eventually did. It's a volatile, volatile, volatile stock. It has you know, 30%, 40% volatility on a regular basis. Um, but if she's still holding Tesla, but I think she actually sold the bottom of Tesla to some capacity too. It's back uh, closing in on like within 25% of all time highs right now. On the subject of Michael Saylor, you know, like my position on that is that the media is going to continue to try to dunk on him. It's the way the legacy financial media operates. Uh, but he said it again and again. He's like, dude, people try to say that I bought the top. I'm going to be buying the top forever. And the fact that he literally said that he's stepping down now to focus <laughs> more on Bitcoin. Like, come on, man. Absolute I, badass. Go ahead, I, Nick. I mean, that's definitely a statement. I, I don't know. Like, what? To see what actually happens there. You can't buy the top forever. I'm, I just want to be clear. He, like he's that, buying the top forever, that, baby. Again and, and he's again. He's just gonna sleep. Uh, well, it's not gold, so he can't sleep on it. But uh, I, I'm, that all that virtual currency is gonna keep him warm at night. Um, yeah. I, anyways, I was gonna say uh, when K uh, Kix was talking about uh, FTX. I mean, if they had the stock, I would buy that as well. Um, anyways, yeah. We. I don't trade as much stock as I used to, but there has been insane value. And actually, a lot of the commentary around the acceleration of the crypto crash uh, was that a lot of traditional funds were basically taking their money out of uh, the crypto market and shifting it over to the stock market because there was just immense value there. And so that was uh, just provided sort of a sucking force on the uh, crypto market. But I, I think uh, inevitably you know, money returns back in at some point. And uh, it, it usually happens once you have the bull cycle in the stock market, the crypto market just ends up going on an absolute tear. Um, so yeah, anyways, there's a, there's a lot of deals out there in the market right now. Um, I, I don't know if I'm, I'd be buying at this point in time, but um, I, I just continue like 
my long-term investment stuff, I just continue to buy. That's, 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 all, that's all I do. Accumulation, baby. Um, Nick, your, your best buy ever was the CryptoPunk, in my opinion. I, don't, I no. can't. No, that's not the best buy ever? No, I bought an ape for four hundred dollars. Yeah, that, no shit. That, that, that doesn't that, count. Yeah, but in the same time frame. Uh, yeah. I okay. It's it's one of the yes. It's one of the best. Take traits. the take the fucking compliment, bro. All right. Did, sorry. My apologies. I'm up hundred percent in a month. So it yeah, was a lot harder to buy the crypto punk than to buy the ape. Like basically, the ape was you being early and going with the wave. The crypto punk was like an absolute fucking snipe. So anyway, yeah. I'm never complimenting you again. All right. No, so I got, appreciate it. I'm the greatest. <laughs> Maybe we should come up with a song for that so people acknowledge that. <laughs> so we got e crypto. JBAS with their hand raised. I don't believe you've been on the show before. You're repping a rare A Pepe. Uh, your bio says that you're you guys. Apparently, it's it's plural. You all are experts in astrology, and you're enthusiastic about cryptocurrencies. Hence, you decided to combine the combine these two as an experiment. And you want people to follow you to know more. We on this show have become infatuated with Marin Altman's content because of her level of accuracy when it comes to predicting market activity. It's very, very impressive. She's even responded to a couple of Easy's tweets. So we can basically just say that we're friends with her now. What's Best going friends. on, eCrypto? How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for giving me the floor. Yeah, doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. I'm curious to know uh, what you want to talk about. You had your hand raised and you're an astrologist. What's going on? Uh, that, that's a, a good thing. It's, it's an experiment we are working on. Uh, basically, we start from uh, the creation of a coin or a creation of an NFT. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, so check Wah. it out. Check Wah. it out, amigo. Wah. Check it Shell out. alert. Shell yeah. alert. No, forget about no, it. no, hold on, amigo. So we can't do it. We just no, can't no, no. do it. I, I, forget about it. I was coming back to the NFT because uh, you guys were talking about derivatives. Uh, and uh, I specifically thought I would talk about the rare Pepe. Uh, because one thing in this space, what I see, yeah, we keep on calling about uh, calling derivatives. But think of it as an inspiration. Because in the case of rare Pepe, uh, these guys, they started the project uh, beginning of this year. Uh, they had great art. They could not mint out because of the market conditions. And I was one of the OGs in the project. And I could feel the pain of an artist that he had good art. That's why we joined the project. But the art, there were not many people who could, uh, let's say, buy the art or who were not willing to buy the art. So that was one of the things which I think we should see art as an inspiration rather than a derivative. And as you can see, when they decided, okay, Heavy Hearts, uh, the artist, a rare designer, he decided, okay, let's do a free mint. And now what you see is the organic growth. People who are coming in the project, they're not coming for a pump and dump like uh, the goblins and others. They're coming there for the art. So trades are happening off the floor, above the floor, based on the trade. So I think maybe at some point we have to think art as an inspiration rather than a derivative that was something which i wanted to share if that makes uh, sense f fair enough buddy no you have something to add oh i was gonna say you know on the the counter to that is you can also think of a derivative as a knockoff uh, or instead of inspiration <laughs> so there's definitely two sides of the coin we may be looking at the uh the pico top here on on this project or or any other again i'm, I'm not a huge fan of derivatives uh just I, I, there's one thing to be inspiration but it's just i don't know derivatives are uh you know they are, they really are kind of a fancy way of saying knockoff in my opinion most of the time 
Yeah, and, and look, we've covered rare Pepe's and rare a, a, this project that I, I just can't figure out how to pronounce it. Is it a Pepe's? I don't know. But anyway, regardless, um, we've covered it ad nauseum on today's show. Definitely enough airtime. Uh, shout out to anybody that bought in early because you had a monster win, uh, considering it was just hanging out at 0.02. My, my pal Fran Alations sent it to me when it was at 0.02. And I have a rule to just never fade Fran Alations, but I was in the middle of doing something. I don't remember what it was, and I didn't rush to buy and look what happened i i ended up missing all of the gains but regardless uh moving on you know when i look at the top 10 top 15 on OpenSea, it's more of the usual suspects right we've got your entire board api club ecosystem pretty much mutant api club other deed board api club in there got crypto punks with the with the crown my assumption is that there might have been some sales on crypto punks from people that wanted to get in on the tiffany nft so you might have seen some people you know beat the buzzer on that and buy a crypto punk and then buy the tiffany nft so we'll see if that uh sustains we we see potatoes holding a top 10 spot in terms of volume, holding a 1.4 ETH floor. Uh, I think a lot of people are interested to see what comes. We have this lady ape club thing that kicks loves to talk about. You know, kicks. What do you make of this thing being in the top 10 still having now a 0.75 ETH floor, which is way down, but what do you make of this? I think it's a, can, like a hundred percent, uh, like confirmed to just be a scam. Yeah. That's what I, that, I think they're just like trading amongst each other and just trying to catch like random people buying. Yeah, that, that, that's what I figured too. Uh, I'm sure I'll get some angry DMs from bag holders of Lady Ape Club that say that we're wrong, but I don't see any situation. No, there's no one that owns these. So that's one <laughs> of the challenging things. <laughs> um, so we got DGent on stage, 10KTF Bull. Um, I see you repping actually a few projects. You're repping VFriends, Pudgy Penguins, uh, Apple and Google Stock. Very sexy. Uh, and you have your Gucci Ape, which is a good NFT to have this week considering the 10KTF appreciation. Uh, we also got to know you because you are, you're, you're on a weekly call with Kathy Wood. And we talked about Kathy Wood at nauseum today. Just uh, through some shade. Uh-oh, they're, they're coming up here to, to take back the narrative. Dude, no, no shade, man. I, I love Kathy Wood. I love the whole ARK Invest team. The guy, uh, Yassine, that is their crypto analyst, posts some of the dopest shit on Twitter. It's just really cool that their fund has like a whole squad of analysts that are on Twitter. And, and you, don't, you don't see that every day with like, you know, old timey uh, legacy financial institutions. But anyway, DGent, you got your hand raised. What's going on, amigo? Hey guys, I yeah, I enjoyed your conversations uh, talking about Kathy Wood and Tesla and all that stuff. But uh, I just wanted to come up and um, so I'm thinking there is going to become a day where I might be in a position to talk her into getting her first NFT <laughs> and rocking possibly a profile picture. So I'm just curious what the gang thinks would be the best one to. I, I think she would fit really well into a, a Moonbird. What do you guys think? Our she NFT. should get ours when we, when we launch it. It's going to be uh, far superior. It's going to be the greatest. The greatest in all the land. Yeah. Have, uh, you know, but but uh, in all seriousness, for someone like Kathy Wood, I like your Moonbird take, but you know I'm going to say CryptoPunks. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, Kevin Rose is awesome. I think um, I'm, a, I'm a Moonbird's bull. Uh, we have several Moonbirds on stage, several Moonbirds in the squad, but uh, CryptoPunks, it's... It's the thing, in my opinion. Nick, what's your take? 
She could start wearing streetwear and buy a bored ape as well. I think <laughs> would be like definitely the way to go about it. And then she could be leading sort of the charge on what's hip in the streets. <laughs> Kathy Wood just pulls up at the next conference with some Air Max 90 infrareds, just looking f- fresh to death, uh, sporting like some bored ape hoodie shit. Uh, no, look, board, you can't go wrong with board apes, but to me, there's more risk with board apes. I, I was making a joke. I don't think she should uh, <laughs> go down that path. I agree with you on the crypto punk. Well, one thing that I wish that I had asked DC Investor, uh, we, we just had such a great time talking to DC Investor this week. If you want to talk about somebody that's ready for fucking CNBC, DC Investor is literally ready to pull up on CNBC at any time to talk shop about NFTs. Uh, it's funny because like w- last year when NFTs were blowing up, they kept having Beeple on. And, you know, obviously Beeple is like an all time level artist at this point. I think he's a top three living artist in terms of uh, sales volume in the traditional art world. And a lot of people love his art. I- I'm a fan of his art a thousand percent. But they were trying to like th- they thought he was DC investor, basically. And they'd be asking him these questions. And it just wasn't it wasn't the right guy to have on CNBC for those questions at that time, the way that they were asking him. If they were asking art questions and the and specifically like art market stuff, it would have been more appropriate. But they were asking him very technical stuff about NFTs and crypto. And they even like would say they were acting like he was like a pioneer of the technology. It was just a, a big mess. But if you have a guy like DC Investor, he's going to give you the scoop. We enjoyed talking to him so much. I wish I asked him if he, as a crypto punk owner and as a general NFT whale, if he thinks that there's actually risk associated with CryptoPunks in a bigger way now that Yuga owns them versus before when they were basically just an iconic, you know, fine art, collectible, whatever you want to call it in the NFT space. Um, but I would love, you know, we got a bunch of people on stage. We got Sig, Kix, Spencer, we got Node. Um, does anybody disagree with me or, and Nick? It, it, are CryptoPunks not the answer? What should Kathy Wood buy? Oh, CryptoPunks are the answer. That's there's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. CryptoPunks are the answer. But I was I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna answer uh, your question, Po, just quickly on, you know, me as a disciple of DC. Perhaps I could 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 come up with something. <laughs> Hold on, I just throw up in my mouth a little bit. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, please. Anytime, anytime I uh, compliment another man, Nick gets gets very very jealous. He's always trying to throw shade at my lyrical lemonade over here. But uh, we. <laughs> Uh, I, I think the in general, yeah, a lot of punks and, and I, I think DC, too, was not he wasn't thrilled when when that happened, um, when Yuga purchased them. But the, the challenge was is that Larva Labs already was presenting a lot of risk uh, for crypto punks with the way that they were starting to engage and or not engage uh, in and their miscommunication. And, and they were starting to do things, you know, making partnerships with people. So. It was already at risk, uh, the, the collection, uh, because of that. It, you know, had, had Larva Labs just stayed pure artists and, and you know, maybe never launched MeBits and things like that and just said, hey, like, we're just going to keep launching art projects, that would have been different. But they were already presenting a good amount of risk. So I think that's, that's kind of like, it, it's kind of sixes now. And, but, but yeah, far and away, I think he would prefer, and, and most of us would say, yeah, if these could just be, fine art like let's leave it at that and honestly i think yuga is doing the best job possible with with uh what noah was saying so all right node speaking on behalf of dc investor <laughs> just kidding uh anyway signal and then i want to hear from spencer too then we'll throw back to djen but signal what's your take yeah so i agree that it would have to be a crypto punk but um uh 
Dejan, so I remember when you first came on the show, you said that I think you believe um, you met Kathy at a charity gala or, or something like that. So I think another question you could have at the back of your head in case she's not into profile pictures is what kind of art should be her first buy? Um, because that opens a wider category of interest and you're probably more likely to hit something that she likes. So um, I think it's a question which we could also answer up on stage, uh, especially Node and Spencer, they are the, the, the art connoisseurs, which, which art piece should be uh, her potential first so you have that uh, when you're talking to her. Yeah, and I want to talk about that too after we hear from Spencer and throw back to DGen. I want to get Node's opinion on something that just popped into my mind. But Spencer, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, so like if you want to go the art route, like I think Fidenza is like the pretty clear art play. But I think to me, what's going to be interesting is you have like um, punks, apes, and uh, codas as like three assets that are all owned by Yuga, right? And so punks feels right now like the obvious play, but like apes did flip punks right and i think to me what i'm looking for in that sort of like trinity of, of projects is i'm very curious in other side if we're going to see like what's going to be the the coolest pf the, the coolest avatar to have in other side is it going to be a punk are punks going to be smaller than apes is it going to be codas or way cooler than everyone else in other side like i think that there's a lot of potential variability on how people perceive those three PFPs relative to each other based on how they are represented in the other side and which ones look the best. I have some concerns around how punks will look as 3D renders relative to apes, but they could also look really cool. Like, I just don't know. And so I'm very, very curious to see how that's going to play out. And I think it will have a bigger price impact than people are realizing. And that's why I ask if there's more risk with punks, because all everything you just said, all I hear is risk. I'm like, risk, 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 risk. Like, that's all I hear. The only thing I want to see from punks is I want to see, like, a big-ass crypto punk in a museum with, like, a fine art frame, like, like on the wall, really big. You know, not on a digital screen, like a printed crypto punk with a fine art frame, big, at, you know, an auction house or, or at a museum. You mean uh, like the painting that I have? You got a pretty good painting, Nick. You got a fantastic painting. Shout out to Witters for making you that incredibly uh, dope painting. Uh, Dejen, back to you. Yeah, after hearing you guys, I kind of do agree with uh, going with the, if, if she's going to rock a PFP, going with the CryptoPunk, because we talked about it before about how I, kinda, I do like the CryptoPunks because they're not into the utility game. Um, so there's not going to be... Uh, a need for them to prove the utility. It's just based on a collectible. And since it was the first, so as far as a PFP, I do kind of, and the fact that there is some female versions of the crypto punks, which would match, uh, I'm sure she would be able to find something that would match her, but also just wanted to add, I am making a little headway PO. Um, I'm actually, um, trading the messages with one of her advisors that is in the NFT space, uh, about her coming on to a Twitter spaces. So I'll let you know on that. If I think if we can get her, because she's very close with Kathy and she's been on the call a lot longer than I have and she is one of her outside advisors. So uh, maybe we can get her on to talk about, she's really into the gaming side, uh, play to earn, all that stuff. And she's very, very knowledgeable in the space. So maybe we can have her come up one day and, and start the ball rolling, get well, them more involved in the Twitter spaces. Yeah, well, it's a good thing we have Captain Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders as a co-host and a co-founder in the 
business. Kathy's squad wants to come on the show. Uh, shout out to DGen for, for making some moves here. So what just popped into my head that I want to discuss here, maybe we'll close out the show with this. We'll see how long it takes is I, okay. So we all said crypto punks, but I pointed out the risk with crypto punks because of Yuga labs. We'll see if that plays out. We'll see if that's just complete nonsense and it doesn't matter at all. Um, on the art side, obviously, I totally get the Fidenza play. I do think, and no, th th this is kind of directed at note. I want to hear from Spencer too, Sig, everybody, Nick. Um, is also, you know, in the discussion, right? Dmitry Cherniak. But like, don't you just buy people? Like, if you're just gonna, if you're gonna be like, you know, Kathy Wood, and you're coming coming into the NFT space, don't you just buy people? Like, I, I why? So. You know, does, she, does she hate art? <laughs> okay. Nice, nice, Jesse. Nice. But in all, like, that's the guy that the traditional art market has has landed the highest sale with. That's, I, I have to think more people in the tradi traditional art market know Beeple versus Cherniak or uh, Hobbs. And, and maybe Cherniak and Hobbs end up popping off and they end up being the biggest deal. But isn't it, isn't it just Beeple? I don't know. Node, what's your take? I I I don't think it's just Beeple. I've uh, I I look. I I mean, I'm 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 a little. You know, obviously, have my own my own opinions. I I think Beeple is obviously an. Interesting Were you trying to artist. say you're biased? I'm biased. <laughs> yes, yes. That's another another great term for it, Nick. Uh, the he's he he's done a great job. Obviously, like very good on like the social commentary. Um, but he's not. I mean, he has been kind of by default. Uh, been someone that's been uh, kind of a, a spotlight for crypto and NFTs, but he's not, he's never tried. He's never like, I don't know. I don't, I don't consider him like a, this, this, this native per se. Like he, he truly, he of course is, he's been creating digital art and he's absolutely an amazing artist, but from, from inside the NFT space, from inside, you know, all of us, I mean, mo does anybody on stage own a, own a Beeple? Um, I don't know. Like with, it, he obviously has some works that are very, very highly priced uh, that got kind of uh, I think they got kind of crazily inflated with the 69 mil. That was just a, a, a fluke, in my opinion. I, I, I think he deserves what he's what he's received. But he's he's never tried to be like this, this, uh, you know, huge NFT advocate. It just turned out to be a great medium for him uh, to sell his work. And so, like, I've, I've never aspired to buy anything of his personally. Um, and so I think, I mean, art obviously is much more uh, subjective on what you like, but I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with people. All right, Spencer. Yeah. So the thing with people is that I, I'm, I'm torn. I love people's art. I think he's probably one of the best, if not the best artists in the space. Um, the, the challenge for me with him is that I find his art a little bit harder to collect and have a financial thought around because he's involved in a lot of projects. Um, and you know, he doesn't have the same supply. Whereas something like Fidenza's have like, okay, there's a pretty limited supply. There's like one collection. Everybody trades it. If you want exposure, Taylor Hobbs, like you go get a Fidenza. Like it's very simple to collect and trade Fidenza's. Um, and this is part of why, you know, people who know, know that I'm like a really big 10 KTF bull because people is like heavily involved with 10 KTF. He's one of the co-founders. Right. And so I've always thought that when we see stuff that looks more like, and one of his everydays was a mech, and mechs are a big part of the story of 10KTF. So I think we'll see recently more stuff that's related to him. Like, I've been waiting for a collection from people that feels like the collection to trade of people's. Not to say that the ones that are out there don't feel like that, but I think that 
like un, like I think Fidenzas right now are easier to trade. You see people trading Chromie Squiggles because they're like easier to trade. They make more sense. Um, and you see people trading like like these other collections that are very like simple. Like you got Letters by Vinnie Hager. I think that's a great product to trade too. It's it, again, it's just like it's simple. There's one collection. There's a set of them. If you want to own Vinnie Hager, like that's a collection to own. And I just that my my challenge with collecting default is that I don't feel that same way. Um, I could be totally wrong here. I know a lot of people who are who are big people maxis, but um, I think he has come out with like. I, but when he does come out with a collection that makes it feel easy to collect, I think it's it's a no brainer play. Interesting perspective. Signal, you have your hand raised. Then I'll throw it to Jesse. Yeah, I I'm I'm going to say I think Beeple is a fantastic uh, artist, but I'm going to say not Beeple just because. Um, I also watched that documentary and I think he could end up going the Jeff Koons route where he becomes the lobby art for corporates. And if this is a personal investment for her and not a um, corporate investment, I would be looking at something like Autoglyphs because even though it is still owned by Yuga, you don't have execution risk. And going back to what you were saying before, P.O. about punks having execution risk with um, Yuga, Autoclips definitely doesn't, and at the same time, it represents a period in time of ge of of generative art, which is considered some of the best to have come out of the space. So that would be my answer on the art side. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a juicy one. It's so hard to tell which way things are going to go. Jesse. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not a fan. I mean, I don't think I think every day is was interesting. Um, I don't think the art is particularly good or interesting. I don't think it makes much of a comment on anything. I don't think it's going to last the test of time, just personally. So I think there is a risk that it's already, it was just of the moment. I, every day is obviously as its own thing because it was made over a period of time. But I'd be curious if people think every day's would sell for what it would sell for now if it was put on a block right now in Christie's. I suspect it would be far less than 69 million. Or if you at least asked around, you know, some of the art collectors, even the, the very wealthy ones in the NFT space, if that would kind of, you know, what they would pay for it, or if that would even be on their radar of something they're looking at. So I think it's, I think it's somewhat risky. I don't think, I think it's much more of a pop. You know, I think it was of the moment kind of a pop icon. So I think it's more risky. I think it's probably better. Like some, like people have said to go with Cherniak or, or, you know, Autoglyphs where it's like, you get the old school, you know, uh, cred. Um, but yeah, I think people's, very risky. I think he's kind of checked out a little bit, and I'm not sure even if he made another collection, if it would really um, move the needle a lot. Um, hard to say, but you know, we'll see. Wow. Interesting take from Jesse. He's checked out. I don't know about that. Uh, Nifty Nick, I would just be curious, gun to your head, man. You know, Cherniak and Hobbs, like, you know, OG generative art or the Beepster, people. Scissors to the dick. I'm going with uh, neither of them. Whoa, okay. what, are you, what are you gonna do? Um, I'm liking uh, collecting, like I said before, other pieces that I think have uh, a significant uh, opportunity to appreciate. When you're operating at that high end of the market, look, I wouldn't, I think Beeple's stuff is cool. I'd like to buy it at a much cheaper price. It's hard for me to buy something which has like literal like, uh, shit and dicks and other things in the uh, in the images uh, for me to just like buy that. This is just a personal preference. 
um, to buy that and be like, yeah, I'm going to spend $150,000 on it. I understand the statement, um, but it's one that just isn't uh, worth worth it to me. Um, and I also just don't have enough that justifies spending um, that much, especially on the art side of things. I prefer shopping, frankly, sub 10K is where I would be looking. Um, and in, in a dream world, sub 5K is the uh, perfect space. Um, so that that's what I'm usually looking for. If I got to pick one over the other, though, I'll go with Cherniak. Um, only because I, I, I said uh, the other day, I'm a big fan of uh, generative art just being a, a developer, but also B, I think uh, it is so close to um, when you talk about digital art at the foundation of all that is computing and there's different ways of expressing that. I like dig uh, I like generative art as one form of it. And I think the stuff that Claire's doing with AI is very interesting. In general, I'm actually not usually a fan of most of the AI art um, because the friction to create is so low, um, but I know the amount of effort um, that Claire puts in and somehow she ends up uh, putting her own pieces into it. And I think uh, she, th there is a process um, that I think makes sense. So yeah, I like anything that that's close to the computer um, and demonstrating how I can leverage the computer to do stuff. Obviously, Beeple's doing that as well. It'd be stupid not to say that since he's using modern <laughs> digital software to create. Um, but those are creation studios, which to me feels different than uh, operating on the base layer. All right. So Cherniak is the response. Uh, and, and, you know, with some other artists, Node, you have your hand raised. What's going on? Or you had your hand raised. I don't know if you want to add. Yeah, I was just going to I was just going to mention, like, when it comes to Kathy in particular, it's, it's you know, crypto native is something that she'd be proud kind of owning for for the historical kind of uh you know moment so autoglyphs i totally agree with signal and one other that i one other artist that comes to mind is 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 x copy right like it it's uh it, it it's it's edgy and it's different and yet he's you know been in the space for a long time has kind of been been here from the beginning so i think that'd be a cool one for for kathy to own as well Mm, X, I should have said that. So X copy. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic, fantastic call for sure. X copy, especially those savage one of ones that he put out. I saw one of them on a screen at the super rare gallery during NFT NYC or, or a digital frame, as I should say, not a screen. And the frame must have been like 12 feet by 12 feet. I mean, actually, it might, it might have been bigger. I, I'm, if you want to be blown away, you know, as these galleries keep popping up, like I, I know you're going to see more and more of this over time, whether it's from Super Rare or whether it's from, you know, some of these big art focused brands in the space. Um, you know, you're going to see these galleries pop up with these massive digital frames and it's going to give you a different appreciation. Like when you see an X copy on those things, when you see a DK, you know, I think that the, the pieces that have motion are really, really going to blow people away. I think that prints of static images like punks or beeples or things like that, I think that they do it justice. And I like throwing them on a fine art frame the way Nick, uh, you know, Nick's piece from Witters is. If you, if you haven't seen Nick's piece, I'm sure he's tweeted about it recently. It's his board ape, uh, beautifully painted with like a, a classical piece behind it as the background. And an absolutely 
epic uh, fine art frame. And it's just big. It's like six feet or, or five feet tall. It's really, really cool. So shout out to Witters. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check out our sponsor, FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code the Nifty on your FTX mobile app. If you spend over $200 on a cryptocurrency of your choice, uh, which, by the way, you'll be paying some of the cheapest fees in the game to buy to begin with because FTX is a dope platform like that, you will get a $20 bonus with our code. So definitely check it out. And uh, check out our NFT. It's pinned to the top. I've seen Nick tweeting about it recently. I wonder if anything's coming. Hmm. Anyway, we do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.